the Gospel reading is from Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen, listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. Here ends the Gospel reading. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power. The crowds had been coming constantly. Jesus' reputation had grown, and he knew that meant that his time was growing shorter. So Jesus got Peter, James, and John, three of his first disciples, and he led them out to a place away from everyone where they could be alone and pray. Imagine that we see them walking up the trail on the side of a mountain. They get to the top, they might have just stood there for a few moments taking in the view and then began to pray. At this point, something happens. As they sit down, they notice that Jesus' appearance begins to change. It's like a bright ray of sunlight struck him, almost making it look like he is glowing. Then the disciples notice Jesus is talking with two other people who suddenly appeared. As they listen, they begin to realize the two men are Moses and Elijah. Peter suddenly says, Lord, this is just amazing. Why don't I build three shelters here? One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So we can all just stay here and not go back down, at least for a while. As soon as Peter says it, 
a dark cloud rolled across the sky. Then we hear a voice from somewhere in the cloud that says, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. The cloud moves away. It's just the four of them standing on the mountaintop. As they follow Jesus back down the trail, no one speaks. Have you ever had one of those experiences, one of those we call the mountaintop experiences? I remember that an unexplainable feeling of love when I held my daughters the first time and saw their beautiful faces. I saw the glory of God in God's creation at that moment. But then we took our daughters home and we experienced the joy of the middle of the night feedings and diaper changes. I remember the times when they were sick and cried and cried, and I wished I could make their pain go away. Then there are those mountaintop experiences that you find at large gatherings of the faithful, rallies, seminars, and conferences. You experience a worship that is incredibly energetic and inspirational. From the speakers, you come up with these great ideas to take back to your home congregation. You get home and those wonderful feelings and shiny new ideas lose their glow as you need to deal with church boards and the congregation's conflicts continue. Those mountaintop experiences don't last. Daily life creeps in. It is good to have those mountaintop experiences, but we can't stay there. And then sometimes they keep us away from what really matters. A long time ago, a father I knew went to a massive rally for fathers encouraging them to be good Christian fathers. But that Saturday of the rally was that father's five-year-old son's birthday. I guess we have different definitions of what makes a good father. They are wonderful things, those mountaintop experiences, but they can confuse us. They can distract us from being and doing what we are called to be and do. Sometimes as we worship, we spend time wondering what we might do to make our worship experiences more like mountaintops, doing things that will give people that sense of awe. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Not unless our search for awe becomes more important than our desire to simply care for the people around us who feel no awe in their life today. Those mountaintop experience can distract us from what is important about that day on the mountaintop and about what is important in each and every mountaintop experience we might have. Because where it happens is not important. How many times it happens and who experienced the most of them is not important. Those are distractions. A mountaintop experience can be a very real thing but it does not happen to simply give us a feeling of awe or even wonder. It's not 
just about a feeling. The voice that spoke from the cloud that day did not say that Jesus was God's chosen son. Oh, and then we should just all feel amazed about it. The voice said that Jesus was God's chosen son and they should listen to him. The experience on that mountaintop was not meant to make the three disciples feel anything at all. It was meant to remind them they are called to listen to the truth Jesus had been telling them and to do what he had told them to do. But like us, Peter, James, and John got distracted. The beginning of Lent is Ash Wednesday. People go to church to have a priest or pastor mark their forehead with a cross of ashes and hear the words, You are dust, and to dust you will return. A sobering experience. But I find it a different kind of mountaintop experience. I then hear people talk about what they're going to give up for Lent, and McDonald's puts their fish sandwiches on sale. Well, actually, I find the latter pretty exciting. The problem is that giving something up for Lent is too often about doing something for oneself. But what if this year we make it about sacrifice that benefits others? The Transfiguration is one of the bookends on either side of Lent. The second was a different kind of mountaintop experience on a hill called Golgotha. On that hill, Jesus was crucified like a common criminal. From the sacrifice of this mountaintop experience, we have received the gift of salvation. We have received grace upon grace. And we are freed from worrying about salvation and focus on our own sacrifice for others. For in these moments, we see God's presence at least as much as we experienced it during those mountaintop moments. And if we listen to God through the words of Jesus, we will hear, heed the call to tend God's sheep, to feed God's sheep, not just the sheep standing in the sunlight on the mountain, all of God's sheep, even those caught in the brambles and briars, those who have fallen into the dark canyons, even those who have wandered away and are lost again, all of God's sheep. So next time you come down from the mountain, don't forget to tend and feed God's sheep. Amen.